Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Forgiven Podcast. I am your host, um, Pastor Logan, and I have, obviously, my co-host. I'm the sidekick today. Yeah, you're the sidekick today. Um, And today we have, I will say she's a good friend of mine. I work with her every week. And I truthfully, and I say this with all earnest, I don't know how I would survive youth if I did not have this person on the team because she does a lot that I don't even know about. And so like, it, it's amazing. And so today I have with us um, youth leader, Spotify artist, worship leader, uh, just all around amazing person and longtime listener of the podcast. So like, I think that's important. We have Allison Gray and we're gonna just talk to her about university and just like being a Christian in that environment because I think there are a lot of challenges that come up in that. And, and, maybe, and maybe I could be wrong, I'm here to be educated. So um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as he said, I'm Allison, and I'm in my first year of university at Brandon University studying mathematics um, and some other fun stuff. Um, and I really like the color pink. I think that's important for all the listeners to know okay. before we start talking, so they get an essence of who I am. Um, and I serve here at Bethel as a youth leader, like Logan said, as a worship leader. Um, and I just, yeah. We'll get into more about me, I guess, as we ask more questions. Well, but <laughs> I was thinking about it when I was making this. I was thinking, I was like, there isn't a lot you don't do. You oh. know? <laughs> like besides like kids ministry on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. there really isn't. And that's because you're often playing in a band. So it's like there really isn't anything you don't do around here. Well, that's very nice of you. So what is that now? What is it that you enjoy doing the most? And you do so many areas of service. Mm-hmm. What would be, you know, your, oh, this is the one I enjoy doing the most. I have two that are tied which i guess is like the two things i mainly do but my main thing would be like um worship i really enjoy like leading people in worship but also like leading students in youth ministry i think they go hand in hand so those are my two favorite things but i'd say like youth worship is probably my favorite compared to like sunday morning worship because sunday morning worship is stressful but it's good (laughs) it's just like more people and it's like oh no but those would probably be my top two areas of serving and like I guess with youth worship, you can just maybe have a little more fun with yeah. it too. Like not mm-hmm. that Sunday worship isn't fun. We're not standing up there and mm-hmm. you know not moving, but it's like you know youth worship. You can you can have more fun. You're yeah. a little looser, and it, I guess mm-hmm. it, you're closer to them too. And I yeah. think that helps a lot. And you do quite well in that because I have to tell this story. I think it's so <laughs> funny. So when I took over as the as the youth pastor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was I was stressing about worship because I was like <laughs> I'm not a worship person. I don't know what to do, and I was like I, I don't know. And so then. You and the other worship leader, yeah. Abby, they ambushed me <laughs> at, our, at our New Year's Eve shindig. And you guys, like, and I, I have to think you were joking when you approached me because you both were like deadpan, like serious. <laughs> you, were like, you were like, Logan, we need to talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow, what have I done? I've been a youth pastor a week and people are already mad. And then you, and we sit down, we have this awesome conversation. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do worship together. We got this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a good conversation. But mm-hmm. it was like, I honestly have to think you were messing with me because I was so scared. I was petrified. I was yeah. quaking in my shoes. No. Now I find I find I was a youth pastor for ten years, mm-hmm. and the atmosphere doing youth ministry and doing adult ministry is totally different. You know, I guess there's less expectation in the in in youth. Like you just I don't know. It's a level of, of freedom, but there's that the challenge with youth to kind of take the bull by the horns and and challenge youth mm-hmm. to do that. And and in there there is that that the fact that youth want to go along with you, you know, and, and so sometimes, sometimes as parents, as parents and as adults, you're kind of sitting there with your arms crossed. Okay. So what's that? 
what's going to happen next. So, anyways, I've I've always noticed that about youth as well. It's kind of the the nice dynamic about youth in, in that they are hungry, genuinely hungry, mm-hmm. to to enter in. Yes, for sure. And like, um, specifically like with Allison too, and just to just to encourage you a little bit too. You are so good at just talking to people, <laughs> but and like that's a real skill. People forget that like the ability to hold a conversation with somebody is like a real skill. And like you were really good at that. Like I don't see you shying away from talking to anybody. Like I've been told that by a lot of people and I've always been kind of confused just cuz like I'm very outgoing. So for me like talking to people was just like super like why aren't you talking to people? Like they're standing right there. Go say hi, go like see what yeah. like learn more about them, but um, I think as I've gotten older, it's definitely been like an asset in the areas that I do mm-hmm. serve because then it's like people are scared to approach like this new person. And I'm like, why don't we go like bring them into like our group exactly. and like invite them in and like go talk to them and get to know them? Because yeah. that's like what church is all about is a community. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk and and, and be able to listen. Yeah. A lot, a lot of it has to do with being able to listen because mm-hmm. when people will gravitate to someone who is hearing them as well. Right. Yeah. 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 And like. I, I, I'm going to take a guess. You're extroverted, right? Like Yes. Yeah. I'm 98% extroverted, 2% introverted, <laughs> wow. according to a survey I took, like, last week. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, yeah, whereas, like, I'm I'm very different in yeah. that way. And, you know, it's crazy. 70% of pastors are introverts. Okay. Like, across really? all of Canada. Okay. So, it's like, but you wouldn't know that talking mm-hmm. to us, you know? So, it's like, Sunday morning, I get home, and I, like, lock my door, and I will look oh, at, no. like, turn my... I'll, <laughs> I'll like lock my apartment door. Not that I need to anyway, mm-hmm. but it's like, and I'll literally close my blinds and I'd mute my phone and I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, don't talk to me. You're just peopled out. You're just I'm done for out. the day. Don't talk to me. So it's like, but that's why like being a youth pastor and having a good leadership team is so important. And that's mm-hmm. why you fit in so well is because it's like, I'll go out of my way to talk to people, mm-hmm. but it's like, you're obviously going to be way better at it. Oh. Than I am. <laughs> and, th- and that's a good thing. Right. And that's why I'm like, I'm telling you that I'm encouraging you because it's like, it's good. And so for those listening, just, you know, quick little plug. Like if you're listening and you think you don't have something to offer to your ministry or whatever, mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Because reality is, is your pastor, whoever's in charge, can't do everything. Yeah. So it's like you might be filling a need that they didn't even know they had until mm-hmm. you step up. Yeah. So yeah. just a call for that. Like everybody listening. It's important. Uh, and I find that having you on is an important thing because it, it might be more important than what you might think or realize because... Some of the questions that I get as a pastor are from uh, parents who have kids who are going to university. Mm-hmm. And they're, a lot of them are very much scared. They're not too sure. And, yeah. and they've heard lots of stories about, well, when this, when what happened is my kids, once they went into university, they were challenged so much that it changed the, the dynamics of their faith. And, mm-hmm. and so parents are very much concerned mm-hmm. about university students. And I would imagine that if there were a number of parents who were here, they would ask you a whole bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, how to maintain faith in a secular university setting and, you know, some of the challenges that perhaps you've gone through, mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the things that maybe you have learned after being a year in university. So I, I think I think it'll be it'll be good for people to hear some of the things and some of the input that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what was the biggest challenge starting university this year in terms of like I mean it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um what's what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome or maybe still are? Um like I think do you want like the spiritual answer or do you want like Both. the like life answer because there's Both. two different ones. So Let's I think do one of each. So for like life I think it's just balance and like maintaining like like school and like also your social life because like school's like really hard compared to high school and like 
being a straight-A student in high school to, like, trying to achieve that in university, like, my expectations kind of had to shift because it's, like, I can't just study and get an A+. plus. I have to, like, really study to even get an A. And so I think just having confidence in that and, like, balancing your schedule and being able to study but also going yeah. out and, like, being, like, involved in a church or with your friends, like, that's a really hard balance to find. But once you do, it makes life a lot easier. And I think the spiritual thing is getting in the word. That's one of the biggest struggles I had this year with university is like finding time. Cause if I get up in the morning, I'm exhausted. So I'd have to do like a chapter here, chapter there. But then if you like fall out of that routine, like I'm not going to do in the evening when I have a big test to study for. Mm. So it's like, I'd miss a few days or I'd miss a week and just like having that grace and like understanding that it's okay, but just to have the discipline to get back into it mm. was probably the biggest struggle. I think even for me in Bible college, that was a huge struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah, at every level, you have to have a rhythm, a rhythm yeah. that says these have to be important things in my life that I have to maintain mm -hmm. in order to keep my keep my stability emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Yeah. All those things are extremely important, especially, and I would imagine especially when you get into high levels of deadlines in that in mm -hmm. university. Uh, those are the things that make you or break you, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Now, I have to wonder, and because and like, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, is being a Christian in university like a lot harder than you thought it might be? Because it seems like in our churches sometimes and mm -hmm. in Christian culture, it seems to be we make this secular world, this university, like almost like the enemy. It's like they're mm -hmm. going to deprive your children of this <laughs> and that. And it's like we almost villainize it. And I have to wonder because like I didn't go to like yeah. university like that. I went to I went to Bible college and stuff. So I have to wonder, is it really like, and obviously you can only speak for one university, mm -hmm. but like, was it really that challenging to your faith in some ways? Um, I think for the biggest thing for me is everyone goes and parties every weekend. Mm -hmm. So like for me going into that, it's like, okay, I'm fine with not drinking alcohol, but do I still want to put myself in this setting? And it was kind of like trying that out and being like, oh, that's not for me. I don't want to participate in that anymore. But when you don't go to those social events, it does kind of like isolate you. Mm -hmm. from that social setting so it's finding ways to still be involved in the social group without participating in activities that you're not comfortable with and I think finding a friend group is really important like I have a lot of really good Christian friends at university so having that accountability and like knowing that I could go to this person and have that Christian environment and if I didn't have that I think it would have been really really hard to just show my faith and to be open about my Christianity at school that's really good I never even like thought about like mm -hmm. having Christian friends. Cause right. I just, I had yeah. all of my friends were Christians. We were all training to be pastors of some kind. So mm -hmm. like, it just wasn't a, it was the opposite. It was actually challenging us to go out and get non Christian friends and stuff okay. like that. So like, you know, I think that's very unique in that. It's certainly important to have a, a group of people that you can go to, mm -hmm. especially when things are difficult. And I know that, that there have been times where people, Young, young people, people who have been in university who said, he said, I'm really suffering and I'm dealing with addictions and I'm dealing with, with lots of problems. And my problem is that I don't have anybody, mm -hmm. you know, if, especially if you come to university from out of town and you don't know anyone, you have to get involved in the church. You have to kind of re reestablish your roots, you know, uh, the importance of just being able to have some kind of community around you and friendship yeah. around you. It's certainly important, especially in university. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And just Christian and healthy community. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that you brought that up, right? Mm -hmm. Because it would be really easy to go and find just, you know, the nice, cool people and hang mm -hmm. out with them. But it's like they're probably going to start challenging you yeah. to, to do things you might not be that comfortable with and stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a really good thing to find like 
a good healthy set of, of friends and stuff because um need to need to do that. So I think that's really, really awesome. Now I guess I have to ask, what's your been your biggest success starting My university? Success. Yeah, or like some highlight, right? Because it's one thing to talk about the challenges, but we should highlight the good things too. I have to like think. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think, okay. Um, for me, it was like the second semester calculus two course it was really hard. And like, not that the other courses didn't challenge me, but computer science was really hard. But since I like really didn't care about the course, I was gotcha. like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I just need this for my degree. Mm -hmm. But calc is like a part of my main degree. So it was really hard to like see not achieve the grades. So then when I achieved the final grade with like an A, I was like, yes, it yeah. paid off. And it's like little successes like that. And it's like, even if you don't do great, I find like, I find it hard to not find my identity in grades mm. sometimes. So having that grace with myself, but seeing that A was like, yes, well, finally it worked. It's like a little mini success. That's awesome though, because it, it's hard to not find your value in your grades yeah. because you're every day. That's what your whole life mm -hmm. is based around is trying to pass and achieve like a really good grade. So yeah. like the fact that you recognize that in yourself is already like one step ahead of a lot of people. And like, when I was in Bible college, I even, I went to a pretty easy Bible college, I'll say. Like, Horizon, amazing, loved it. But I could read, I could just redo my work. Mm -hmm. So, like, it creates a different level of, like, value that you put on your grade. Like, yeah. it doesn't almost mean as much. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they, they mark on rubrics, so mm -hmm. you have to meet certain requirements. And they had what's called an E, which is, like, exceeding. That's the okay. highest you could get. And at the end of the thing, they take all your M's and E's and they average it out. Mm -hmm. and that's what your final grade is. And I wanted to pass one course, just one course with yeah. an E. Like I was like, I want one because like I want to exceed at one thing. Mm -hmm. And it didn't come until like my fourth year Lunch? when I finally exceeded. Lunch? <laughs> no, <laughs> no oh, not okay. much. I finally exceeded a theology course of all things Ooh. too, which was like doctrine of god which is like a really hard course but i did mm -hmm. really well in it and i like, I got an e on it and so i like, can awesome. understand yeah. like that that idea of like kind of like working really really hard and like mm -hmm. achieving something because like it's important and like so i'm glad that you got that because like you know you work hard and it, it's good and that's a really good success because um it just shows hard work pays off mm -hmm. i know? have another little success that yeah. i could share is um for my so I take voice lessons as part of my like vocal minor and so I had to learn this like German song that's like classical and it was so hard and impossible and I sang it at my final like jury like a couple weeks ago and I didn't forget the words nice so that was another thing I was like yes because it's like the small wins I find yeah. in university and so so this is all German it was like yeah. all the whole piece was in German and I'm like how do I even say this word so I'm pretty sure I asked Michael Goal a couple uh -huh. times I was like Michael what is this word yep well but, in like choir, I took choir mm -hmm. in elementary school and like in grade nine and I had to sing in Mandarin. Okay. I had to sing in a African language. I had to sing in French mm -hmm. and uh, like an Eastern, like a Middle Eastern language, like Lebanese or something. Okay. I had to sing in four different languages in choir. It was terrifying. That'd be brutal. It was like, and all like, like. It wasn't like, oh, one semester you're singing. It was all mm -hmm. four at once because we were doing like this giant Canada Day okay. celebration. So we were singing in different languages. And then I got to sing with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, though, oh, twice. Awesome. That was really cool. I got to sit in the pit, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So anyway. now, when you're when you're singing in another language, there's the, the aspect of singing is the emotion with which you sing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the words, you don't know what the words mean. Yeah. It's hard to yes. sing with the emotion. That, that makes a big difference. We we had, did have English translations, so we could, like, understand what the mm -hmm. words were so that we could try to, you know, like you said, yeah. put the emotion into it. But um, anyway, um, 
I have to, you know, I'm wondering, besides like um, like school stuff, how has God moved in you this past year? Like what's been like one big sort of lesson you've gleamed or something that God's like revealed to you in this past year? Because like obviously God's always teaching and revealing things to mm-hmm. us. And so like maybe it's been while you're reading or at mm-hmm. church or something like that. But like what's something God has done in your life this like past year? Um, I think there's like, like, so basically relying on him more. Mm. Whereas like before, like this summer at camp, this past summer, they talked about like finding your strength and stuff in God, which is, was something I never really like learned about until this summer. Gotcha. And maybe it's just like a sermon I missed or something like that. But I was like, oh, that's really crazy. And I knew that we could go to God, but it was like a different way of viewing him. And so I think, I can't remember the verse, like I know the verse, but I don't know where it's found. It's like, be still and know that I am God. That was like a really important one for me this year and God really worked through that in knowing like hey like I'm here for you you don't have to stress about anything else Mm. and growing in that because I'm a control person so that's really how he moved and then also just opening the door for me to go back to camp this summer that's a really cool story I can tell it if you'd like me to I I have I have a camp question later but we can just we can just cover it right now okay so basically I applied at um a camp in bc to go this summer in july and august and i was like oh that'd be really cool like traveling serving awesome and then i'd also kind of talked to turn my bible camp about coming back but i was just unsure because it's for four months instead of two so we were in contact and they offered me the worship director position and that first of all shouldn't have even been offered to me because other people were like already lined up to take it and so i was like well that's crazy and then she called me one day at school and i had already kind of prayed about it and decided that i was going to decide on term on bubble camp but five minutes into the phone call i didn't see the email until after but the camp in bc had emailed me back saying hey we'd love to set up an interview for you to see if you'd like to come but i had already accepted the position on the phone call so that was really cool how god worked in that because if i had to pick i would have been like even more confused (laughs) oh yes but he definitely knew i needed to leave in may and have that break of like serving and being at camp for four months and so that's a really cool story because it was like perfectly timed like to the minute and i'm like whoa and you get to do what you're gifted in and what you enjoy yeah. doing the most. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it'll be a great learning experience yeah. for you. Like that, like, I think you're somebody who likes to learn. Like you yes. like to be challenged and stuff. And so I think going out and stepping into something like that will be really, mm-hmm. really good. Because, um, and you'd be surprised how God moves in those mm-hmm. areas and stuff like that. Like the first time I went to camp as a counselor, I was 17. Okay. I shouldn't have been a cabin legally i should have been 18 but they worked around it by mm-hmm. sticking one of the maintenance crew with me yeah cool guy shout out gauge if you're ever listening cool dude <laughs> anyway um i was so nervous i was a wreck and this is a camp that was massive i didn't okay. know anybody but i just got a phone call from a friend of mine who was there and prayed about it and i went and it was like i have the exact same story of like going to my already like full-time mm-hmm. job talking yeah. to my boss being like hey i want to take a week off yeah like I was like, I went to him on a Wednesday and I was going to leave on a Sunday mm-hmm. to have the whole week next week off. And I was a supervisor. Like he didn't really, you know, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want this week off. He's like, why? And I was like, well, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I prayed about it and I want to go at camp. And he's not mm-hmm. a Christian, but he's like, yeah, yeah, you can go. Okay. And I was like, That's awesome. what? <laughs> I was so mind blown that he said yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I going to have a job when I come back? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I come back. I work for like a week. And then I get a call from that same camp. And they're like, yeah, hey, can we hire you for the rest of the summer? And I was like, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so then I talked to my boss. Like, yeah, go. I was like, see you September 1st. 
<laughs> wow. Thank you. And I, and I came back and I had a, I still had my supervisor job. I worked the whole year and Same it was thing. awesome. But it was like that summer was probably the most challenging of my life. But it's mm-hmm. also the most memorable. Yeah. So nice. like, yeah, just encourage you in that. Also to encourage you, I know my son leads worship. I don't know if mm-hmm. you knew that he he's a, he leads helps lead in a church that is like it's over a thousand people. Oh my goodness. And and he led. He was my worship leader at the the smaller church and really developed there but all Mm -hmm. of a sudden when he went into the new environment there was something about the fact that you got to work with different people Mm -hmm. and there was challenges that he had to overcome that made him a better worship leader and so every time every once in a while i'll get a chance to listen to him online Mm -hmm. and i marvel at the fact boy he has grown in leaps and bounds and it's only until you put yourself in a scenario where you are the person you're the one who's Mm -hmm. leading and 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 you have to you know, there's that challenge, and it's kind of an uncomfortable thing, but it's the sure. thing that makes you a better worship leader. You come back, and you have the level of confidence, and and just you have you learn just how to pray over a service, and mm-hmm. some of the some of the things. It's not just having talent and singing; it is being able to lead people into worship. Yeah. Yeah. That is an important the important part of between a good worship and a great worship leader. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. yeah. I'm not a worship person at all. Like I. I can't really sing. I can't really play anything, but I can play the drums. Like I can play the cajon really okay. well, and I can play the drums a little bit, like enough to like practice. Okay. But like one time, I was up at Northern Camp, which is like our Northern Pentecostal camp. We didn't have a drummer, didn't have anything. I was like, well, okay, I'll play the cajon, just mm-hmm. keep a simple beat, whatever. And I'm playing with my best friend Victoria, and she's like leading, and Spirit's moving, and her and I are still like we're exhausted. This is the last night at camp. Like it'd been raining all week, like just dreary. And then all of a sudden it's like a 40 degree day and we're sweltering in this dirt floor chapel and stuff like that. It was awesome. But it's like, I remember just playing like for like four hours. Mm -hmm. Like we were up there for four hours playing. Like I had like her, her, she had blisters on her hands from playing the guitar and everything like that. Like my hands were like I couldn't move them after I like was done hitting the cone because they were so used to just being in that like pattern and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't cha- I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't change that about it for the world because like you know God was moving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember this 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 woman awesome. She she was prone to having like seizures and so mm-hmm. like she kind of has a seizure in the middle of this worship set. But it's like nobody's paying attention because everybody's eyes are closed, hands raised, and we can see it happening. And we're like trying to like subtly point to our boss to be like over there, like going like mm-hmm. hands raised. He's got the biggest smile on his face, just doesn't hear a word. All of a sudden, the, the girl's husband, you know, finally realized and she's mm-hmm. okay. Everything was fine. But it's just like sitting there like, how do you handle that? You know, mm-hmm. like it's like and it's something you would never think about. But yeah. it's like I'm not saying you're going to have any. I hope nobody has a seizure on you or anything this summer. But it's just like God will move and teach you in the most unexpected ways yeah i know last summer the worship director we were co-cabinating this week and one of her kids just started crying in the middle of the worship set but nobody could like it was like silent tears and she was like looking at me and looking at this kid and then like like trying to motion i'm like what do you want from me (laughs) i'm like trying to worship and so i think things like that could happen but it's like how do you handle a situation when you're up there and you can't like go Mm -hmm. but you need to like go yeah and i think god will really like really really work in you in that and so i think that's awesome so i have to ask if you could go back to your first year self Mm -hmm. as you are right now and tell and tell you something what would you tell yourself apply yourself more like 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 that or 
like friends are important, but like also instead of leaving things to the last minute and stressing yourself out, like do the work at the beginning, but also be easier on yourself all at the same time, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It really does. I totally understand what you're saying. So that would be the advice you would say to someone who comes up and says, I'm going to university. Yeah. We have a number of people in the church who are graduating. Yeah. And so I would imagine that this would be important for those people. Yeah. So I'm going, what is it that I need to learn? Where can I learn from your mistakes? That would be the one thing that you'd say. Mm -hmm. So like, I'd say just like, pay attention in class because like in the beginning you're like whoa this is so cool there's so many people and like you want to chat with your friends but just like listening in class writing down the work and then keeping on top of it instead of like because in high school you can kind of let it pile up a little bit and then do it but in university you cannot do that so I think just being on task but also finding that balance and it's hard that's like the hardest part of your first year is the balancing part but once you get it you're man where was this podcast when I started Bible? (laughs) me and my buddies are sitting in the back row of class playing runescape together in the <laughs> so it's like yeah. not recommending do not do <laughs> don't that don't do that not at all because it's like not only are you disrupting yourself you're most likely mm-hmm. distracting other people around you yeah but it's like like i know that as as i knew you were going to be on the podcast there were two questions that was the one okay what would i say what would i say to somebody who is entering into university environment and you know what would be the thing that you would say mm-hmm. the advice that you would give to them the other is this, and and I'm not too sure if everyone who is listening knows that you have uh, your family is. I'm not too sure is your dad still in ministry or was he, he, he like was a worship director at McDermott Drive for a really, really long time, and now yeah. he just is leading a worship team there. Yeah, but you you come from a family that has been quite involved in ministry, yeah. and and where your dad was the worship pastor basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so you have a, I'm assuming, really close knit family situation. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that there are a lot of parents who are sending their kids to university and they're saying, so how can I be the best uh, parent? Yeah, the best parent. And how can I help them the most without mm-hmm. being so overbearing that yeah. they, they don't want to talk to me anymore? I would imagine that that you know, it, it, takes, it takes a family. And I would imagine, I remember my first year, I was extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. My first, I had to go from a place... That was I was uprooted and started somewhere else, and there was loneliness, and I needed family. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In a time when our family wasn't super close, yeah. type of thing. What would what would what kind of advice could you give parents? Where did family really come in for you to help out? Mm-hmm. So I think like my fa- my parents had a lot of grace with me, with me like not being home super early in the evening. Like if I stayed at the university to study, or if I just like went out with some friends for that night just to get a break, they had a lot of grace, which was like super awesome and another thing is like I call my mom almost every day and she's a teacher so just having her answer the phone and like even if it was a great day even if it was a bad day just like being able to like put that not on her but just get it off of my chest and she'd just listen and give me advice which was super awesome and then like little texts from my parents like if you're a parent just send your kid like that you love them because I know it sounds like it might your kid might roll their eyes and be like, "Oh, I already knew my mom loved me." Like, what the heck? But it's just like little messages like that that I would receive from my mom throughout the day that she's like proud of me or that she loves me. It's like those are the things that would kind of like bring my day up, even if it wasn't a horrible day. It would just like move it up a little bit and make it yeah. better. And I love my mom for that. And then my dad just is funny all the time. He's more of a serious man when you meet him. He's not like crazy outgoing, but like with me and our family, he's like 
he'll walk in my room and be like, Allison, how was computer science today? And I'll be like, dad, <laughs> it was computer science. Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you want from me? Or he'd be like, hey, let's go get like some Frosties from Wendy's. Like, I know it's been a hard week for you. Just like really little things. And if your kid's far away, maybe like eat transfer them like $5 and be like, hey, go get yourself some ice cream, take a break. Like it's something so minimalistic and so small that it's like, it just makes such a difference in students' lives. So just the small things. Yeah. Just small things, yeah. small contributions, even if it's financially, but just yeah. there, there's so much pressure to actually realize that someone is thinking you about you at this time. Exactly. That you're not alone in yeah. the world mm-hmm. is an important thing. Just I'm kind of saying that, reiterating that, because I know there's a lot of parents who are trying to think about how do I how do I support my child mm-hmm. without being overbearing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I could echo the same things. It's like... I, I mean, I traveled to go to yeah. college and stuff like that. And so, like, luckily I went with some of my, like, actually my, one of my best friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Um, but, yeah, my mom would just call me. Mm-hmm. Like, the first week I got a call from her, like, every, like, twice a day. Yeah. The first week. And eventually, like, we slowly, I was like, Mom, you don't have to call me every day. I was like, <laughs> I love you and I appreciate you. But I was like, just, and now she'll, yeah. now, I mean, now that I'm home, but in, in college and stuff like that. Um, there were, there were seasons where like yeah. I didn't call her enough or like whatever, cause you get busy and stuff, but it was always like, Logan, I love you. Like, and yeah. you're right. It's just, so like, look, looking back, that wasn't too much. No, 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 not at all. It was, it was, it was great because it was just the little things. Mm-hmm. It was honestly the little things because like, you know that your mom, you, most kids know that their parents genuinely love them and yeah. care for them and stuff like that. I think that's, that's inherent, but it's just sometimes just knowing that like they still love you like a kid you know mm-hmm. like yeah like i will admit it was the best like it was the best being able to go home during the summer and like having and this is gonna sound bad but let me finish having my mom like wait on me a little bit <laughs> was like so nice because it's yeah. like i would go home and then i would like i would start like helping do this and that mm-hmm. and whatever my mom would know that like like she just would randomly one day just do my laundry and it's yeah. like you know and it, it's something like so little like that, but it just mm-hmm. like, it just is a little nostalgic and it just yeah. makes you feel like a kid again. And I'm not saying parents, you need to go out there and do your kids laundry and stuff like that. If anything, you need to mm-hmm. teach them how to do it properly. Yeah. But it's just like, it was just the feeling of like, kind of rem- it, suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. almost. It's, it's, you're not a university student. You're just a son. You're a daughter. Yeah. You're just spending time at home when you're with family and stuff like that. You can remove that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like really, really important. So you, you appreciated the fact that you, your parents continuously let you know that you were loved yeah. mm-hmm. while you were in a stressful environment. It yeah. wasn't too much. Mm-mm. Sometimes I wouldn't respond to them. Huh? I would quickly yeah. look at it and be like, that's cool. And then I get back to work. And my mom got after me a little bit. She's like, how come you don't answer? And I was like, mom, <laughs> I see your message, but yeah. I'm like, I appreciate it. And I will answer you when I can. And it took yeah. a little bit of back and forth on the mm-hmm. communication for us to get on the same page. But yes, of course, I always appreciate yeah. it. I'm just saying this. I'm I'm repeating this thing purposely. <laughs> I know I get it. There are, are parents yeah. who are petrified and their children are traveling a long distance and they're thinking, how do I do the best that I can? And yeah. what you're saying to me, and Allison, what you're saying yes. is that it is not too much to continuously let them know that they are loved. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is a key element. A key element for yeah. for parents who are trying to deal with their kids and they're praying for their kids and that, but there has to be that point where you just say, "Listen, I love you. I care for you. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm rooting for you. Yes. I don't know what you're going through, whether you're stressed or not, but know that you're loved." Yeah, there's all the time. 
two things. Like, even if, like, I call my mom because I'm a talker. Like, we established that. I love chit-chatting. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> But, like, even days, like, that I would be super busy, just seeing, like, the missed phone call from my mom would be like, oh, she thought about me. Like, she still cares. And I know some kids, like, may think that's, like, overbearing, but, like, at the end of the day, they're like, my mom, my dad, they still care about me. And it's just those little things. And also the other main thing that like, I feel like really separated my university experience from like almost every single one of my friends is my parents don't get on me for grades. As long as I'm trying, that's all they care about. It's like, if I got like a D in every course compared to an A plus, they are still proud of me. They don't care because I'm going, I'm trying, I'm applying myself. And so I think even if you're like, oh, my kids need to get A's, they need to have an honors degree. It's like the fact that your kid's going to university is already an accomplishment there in itself. Yep. And not having my parents in my ear like, oh, what did you get? Like, are you doing good? Like, you have to try harder. It, just having them be like, hey, I'm proud of you. Like when I got like a C plus in comp sci, because that's what I got. Yeah. I was like crying. My mom's like, Allison, you tried. You went. That's all that matters. And I love her for that because I've never had to stress about their opinions. It's all in my brain, that like overachieving mm-hmm. part. But that not having that stress of them was a huge game changer compared to like seeing my other friends. They're like, if I don't get an A, my parents are going to like do this, this, and this. And I'm like, my mom's just going to be proud of me that I tried. (laughs) Yeah. I I can echo that too. Like there, and there was even points where like, um, I was kind of an unhealthy student. Mm -hmm. And so like, there were points where my mom, my mom was like, are you actually doing your work? Like, you know, like moms know everything. Yeah. So it's like, she could tell Mm -hmm. when it was like, Logan, how are you doing? Like, are you Mm -hmm. actually like, doing well you know she was like are you actually applying yourself you know she's like maybe you need to stop doing this you know it's like just just be a little active too in like the Mm -hmm. the just be a little active in like like your dad asking you how comp side yeah like asking those questions are great yeah yeah so it's it's like as a parent you want to be a stress subtractor yes (laughs) yes rather than (laughs) rather than a stress addition because Mm -hmm. many times when you have especially if you have high loads in mm-hmm. high intelligence classes like you do. Mm-hmm. The stress level is probably nine. And if you're continually at a nine, mm-hmm. that's tough. Yeah. Last thing you need is a 9.5. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is bring your child to the 8.5 as yeah. opposed to the nine. I think that's kind of what I'm getting as you're, yeah. as yep. you're talking one, about that. Now, my one last thing, and maybe this was just my family. I don't know. Don't also try to protect your student from things yeah so like what happened with a lot of the time with my family is like nobody would tell me what was going on okay so it was like oh yeah like you know you're you're you know the dog died and it's like okay that's not <laughs> it's not the exact example yeah. but it's something like that yeah. where it's like oh your grandpa's kind of sick it's mm-hmm. like now i'm stressed out even more yeah. that i didn't know about mm-hmm. that but if you had just called me and told me it's like mm-hmm. i want to know like i still want to you still want to feel a part of yeah those things so it's, so it's like just also you got to find that balance of like maybe trying to like still loop, especially when you're traveling, still loop mm-hmm. them in to feel like they're part yeah. of like the family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I know, I think a lot of parents probably are like, no, I'm not going to tell them right now. They're too stressed with school. I'll wait. And then they get home and then mm-hmm. they're bombarded with you know, all these yeah. things. And it's like, no, it, you know, it, it's okay. Like we are like, I'm going to say we're, they are adults to an extent. They can handle a lot more than you think they can. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, just give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt too. Yeah. There's just a little bit of a balance there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that's unsolicited parenting advice from a, from <laughs> a single guy. It's so good. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the single guy giving parenting yeah, advice. Um, Is that what you are? You have like a bunch of youth children though. So that's like, true, you're also like yeah. a fake parent in some cases, oh, I guess. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was at, 
I was talking to a youth pastor friend of mine last night, and we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was really funny because I used to work with him, so like okay. we were talking about you know youth and, and stuff like that. And then we were kind of joking, and then we were, we asked the question of like, I was like, who would you rather deal with? Do you rather deal with adults or like youth all the time? <laughs> and he's like, honestly, he's like, I don't know, because he's like, adults suck. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, we do sometimes. <laughs> and we were totally joking. Yeah. But then he's like, but he's like, yeah, but I don't know. Dealing with youth can be a problem too. And I was like, he's like, I feel like mm-hmm. a dad, you know? And I was like, well, we are. We're youth, basically youth change. Yeah. Youth takes on challenge and they change. And they, whereas a, as adults, we are more prone to be at a point where we don't change. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that to me has always been the rewarding thing about youth. You're, you're challenging people so that they will change and yeah. they are wanting to change. An adult, many times, if I'm talking to someone, they are already already so set in their ways because mm-hmm. because their default has been in place for decades, yeah. right? Whereas youth, it's not; they're changing. That's why I've always enjoyed uh, youth ministry and the challenge of youth mm-hmm. ministry. Anyways, um, I guess how would the, the two questions go hand in hand? So uh, I'm gonna brag about you just a little bit more. Oh, no. So you so you did get, and I got to sit on it, and I told you how awesome you did. Um, Allison got to speak at like a local youth conference yeah. and stuff like that. Um, was like you went, your session had a lot of people in it, at least the one that I like <laughs> sat in on and stuff. And so, just to tell you, you did an amazing job. But I want to yes. know what was that like preparing for that? Because I have to imagine like it was a bit of a challenge, not only just time wise, but just mm-hmm. like it's a big ask and a big honor yeah. to be asked to do that. And so it's like kudos to you for like for doing such an amazing job. But like. What was that process like a little bit? And just kind of give us a little bit about what you talked about, because that leads into the next question of like, just give us one last little bit of like how you specifically transition well from high school to mm-hmm. like university. So for that, preparing was like, it wasn't too bad because it was different than the stuff I was doing in school. It was like mm-hmm. a PowerPoint. It was fun. I got to make it like yeah. pretty and like find like verses that backed up like what I wanted to talk about. And yeah. it was like a cool like, breather from like my other work okay that's good and so I think the most stressful thing was like I had never done anything like it before so I was like what if I'm doing this wrong what if I mess up what if this is not what they want from me mm. but then I had to just have confidence that they asked me for a reason and that I just need to speak from the heart and my experiences um but the main thing on that slide was just like giving it to God mm. like on all the slides across the board for all the transitions from high school to university to camp was like trusting God with the process because if you don't you're going to crash and burn and everything bad's mm-hmm. going to happen <laughs> because he'll carry you through the hard situations, the yes. good situations, and he'll be your like best friend in all those seasons of life and just having expectations. But also if they don't match your expectations, it's okay because I had expectations of high school. I had expectations of university and I have expectations of what it's going to be like when I go to camp. Um, but also understanding that if it doesn't match those expectations, it's okay because it's new expectations. Mm, so I like that. Yeah. And yeah. She, and she did do an incredible job. And your slides <laughs> were very pretty. Thanks. I really was like, I wanted to make them very pretty and like aesthetically pleasing. They were very nice to look at. They weren't distracting, which I think a lot of That's good. A lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. Which is also why I like your slides. They're just simple, straight to the point. You yeah. can read it, done. Yes. Anyway, we don't need yes. to talk about slides. But <laughs> um uh just so for people transitioning from high school and stuff like that, yeah. just give them one little I mean, you talked about it, leaning on God, but, like, what's one, like, actual, because, like, that's tangible, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, what's, like, actually, like, one core, like, piece of advice, like, whether it be, like, registering for classes at a certain time or, like, you know, like, not wasting money on a year if you don't know what you're doing or, like, Mm -hmm. something like that, because it seems like there's a lot of information and good advice that are thrown at 
students and stuff like that, but you've lived it. So you mm-hmm. could actually give good advice. I think just try. Like, if you're going to do it, do it 100%. Don't go in. Like, if you're unsure, but you still want to try university, just do it, but also give it 100% of your effort. Don't be like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I'm only going to just show up and, like, mm, like that. give half of my like abilities that I can and then register when you brought that up register for classes on time or you will not get into your courses because like I know I was talking like David Paddock and I I was like you have to do this and he's like what so I sat down with him and we picked all his courses and I'll help him like register because that's something like if you don't register on time you won't get in and then that just adds another level of stress so I think just going 100% trying your best and just don't worry about anything else just focus on what you're going forward to do and God will either continue you down that path or straighten you to a new path. That's full send. Yeah. Like, like seriously, <laughs> yes. full send into it because my, my Bible college professor, I will always remember this, mm-hmm. used to say, he's like, I'm tired of you whiny babies sitting around, oh, no. waiting around for God to tell you this perfect thing to do. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, go out, try something. Just try, yeah. And then when it's wrong, and he said when it's wrong, because he's like, you're likely to be wrong. He's like, God's going to be like, no, you're supposed to go over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't sit around waiting. Go out and yeah. try something. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I echo that. That's really good, solid advice. Um, you know, I think it's time we ask her some like fun questions and stuff. Some fun like questions. That. Well, I mean, those were fun too, but like, <laughs> these are more like you know goofy ones and stuff. So I want to ask, what's your favorite youth memory? Just ever youth like, memory. Whether you were attending youth as like a you know a teenager or like as a leader or whatever, just any time. Favorite youth story, game, memory, whatever. I have a story that's really funny. And it's something, I'm not, like, I remember things, but I'm not great at remembering certain points. But this one entails one of our favorite people, Benjamin Paddock. Oh, (laughs) here we go. So it was, like, the night we were playing this game with, like, clothespins. And there was, like, a pink clothespin. And so if you remember me at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that my favorite color is pink. I I remember that And so um, I had the pink clothespin, and I guess I was running up the stairs, and he was, like, you know, Benjamin's super competitive, oh, wants yes. to win all the time. So I would go up the stairs and like he scared me and like took my clothespin. And I was like so upset about it. I was like, no, I don't even care about this game. I just want that clothespin. So then I saw that he had run and like I was going up the stairs and I guess he was getting chased by people and going down the stairs. And then he like fell. And I was like, ha, huh, that's so funny. I typed him, took the paint clothespin and I was on my way. And then Hannah Sharp found me on later, like <laughs> probably like five minutes later. And I was like, Allison, like, Ben's actually hurt. And I was like, what? It's so like, go over there. And he's like with Vanessa, like, oh. um, and she's like looking at his ankle and it turns out he like, I don't know if he sprained it or like twisted it or whatever. It wasn't broken, but he was like genuinely hurt. And like, I just like ran away. And that's like the funniest and also oh. like the worst memory of youth that I've ever had. Cause oh, I felt horrible and he was on crutches for like weeks after, but it's pretty funny if I do say so myself. That is really just, funny. <laughs> but he didn't yeah. die. He didn't die. Exactly. So there we go. He's fine. You know what? He, recovered i'm gonna say he probably deserved it let's probably <laughs> not not like that but like ben also like we both know him well he was one mm-hmm. of our leaders and stuff like that he definitely like he gives he he gives a lot so yeah. he also gets to take a lot you know mm-hmm. so it's like obviously when i you know i felt i feel bad for him that that happened but i'm also yeah. like nah you're fine <laughs> like get over it like you know quit milking it you know yeah. but <laughs> oh my um, goodness <laughs> He I hope he listens to this and hears well, he this. Will. It's gonna be he so knows funny. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I have to say, like one of my favorite youth memories was actually um, <laughs> was was here. Mm-hmm. Um, we were I don't remember what game we were playing. One of the ones where it was just like it was the night Grace and Michael. It was just the four of us. We were playing that like running game or whatever, Gordon oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the whole content. I was 
we have our stairs here and we have this sign that, mm-hmm. that like just stands there and it tells people, oh, youth is this way yeah. or whatever. And I turn all the lights off and I'm standing behind this sign mm-hmm. as we're like starting the game. And like I had like the whole crew of youth like run yeah. by, like behind me and stuff like that. And I jumped out and I scared them. Like I should have been tagging <laughs> them. But I was like, no, honestly, it's way more fun to just, just scare, scare them, them and yeah. make them run away. And so like they like jumped out and I just screamed like, Rawr! and they all just ran. <laughs> like I saw like three, I saw like four of them jump that whole like second flight of stairs, like, and stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. nuts. And like, yeah, that was like really, really, yeah. really fun. And then just like running around, just like tormenting them. And mm-hmm. I say tormenting in like a fun way. Like you, it's fun to like mess with them and scare them and everything yeah. like that. Cause it's like, that's part of it, you know? One of the best thing I did as a youth pastor. Yes. Yes. Please. We did a thing here at the church. I was a youth pastor here for those who may be listening and didn't know. I was the youth pastor here uh, for five years, uh, about 25 years ago. And we did a thing called Pastor Mike's Neighborhood Watch. Oh, and we, like we called parents up and said, we want to videotape your child's bedroom. We don't want you to, to clean it up or anything. We you want, have to do this. We're just going to go <laughs> and we videotaped their bedroom. And some of them we messed up. Some things we added things like we we had a little fake dog poop and we put it on their 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 Beds bed or, or something like yeah. that. We just did. Oh, like but this. when I got up there and said, "Folks, I've been busy this week. I had an intern with me, and we have videotaped your bedrooms," and they were petrified <laughs> that that all of a sudden everybody was going to see their bedrooms. So, and it was a good, it was that's a good thing to do. Anyways, I don't know whether you want to do that or if that's something that, that interests we need you. To do that. But, but that's fantastic. That so, was certainly a time where I had a lot of power. Well, so, so as my <laughs> boss, hey, can I record a bunch of youth's bedrooms? <laughs> Talk to the parents beforehand. I was going to say, and you know what? A lot of parents still cleaned up their kids' rooms. Oh, there's a lot of them that did. But I, for those who were able, it was kind of, it was kind of an interesting thing. Anyways, do I have so. one other youth? story mm-hmm. and um this was when i was in i was a junior youth leader at, mm-hmm. at another church and this is back when like facebook was like the really like there wasn't oh, any yeah. other social media uh-huh. and this is when everybody posted pictures and whatever and, and i remember pastor nikki one time she <laughs> went and found all of us like old youth leaders like old mm-hmm. photos and then she like somehow in like photoshop or whatever because this is like 10 years ago yeah she merged two people's faces together <laughs> and then and then like how we had to guess who was and she didn't tell us like she didn't tell any youth leaders oh that word. we were doing it or anything so then it's like we just show up and we're playing a game and she's at the and she, you know and then we just see this picture of like a bunch of us and we're like who is that because like and it was so crazy and then like the one that she like found of me was like the most ugly photo that it still exists on my Facebook. You go and find it. It's really funny. But it's just like, I'm at camp and I'm all sweaty and you know, my mentor at the time was really into photography and so he takes this cool photo of me and I'm just like squinting because the sun's my eyes. It's just ugly. Mm-hmm. It's all black and white. Yeah. And then she like merged me with a girl's face. <laughs> I don't remember who. And then I looked the, I, I looked like a monster or something. It was so weird because I don't think like the image rendered properly or mm-hmm. something. But it was like it was so funny, and the whole room was just dying, dying yeah. laughing. Like, and it was like, and it that's such a good game idea. Mm-hmm. Like that, like is so cool, you know. And mm-hmm. like now it's way easier. I could just yeah. get an AI to do it in seconds, mm-hmm. you know. But 
I'm pretty sure she had to go in and match the faces, mm-hmm. and structures, and stuff like that. But um, I think that was really, really cool. Now we talked about this beforehand, and it's time. It's time. It's time for the question. It's time for the question. If you've been <laughs> following, you know the Forgiven podcast, you know the question I'm about to ask. Mm-hmm. The song "How He Loves." Yep. One of the greatest, most popular worship songs. I can't, you know, back that up, but I think. <laughs> There's two camps, and there's a right and a wrong answer. There is. There is. And are you team, you know, Slappy White Kiss, the proper answer, <laughs> or are you team Unforeseen? I am the proper answer. Team Sloppy White Kiss. That's right. Forever. That's right. But this church tried to convert me when I got here. I had done <laughs> I had done Sloppy White my whole life. My whole life. Nobody said anything. I didn't know it was controversial. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah. I get here. It's like my first, I think I was like covering like keys that week or something it was like one of my first times doing like worship here and I came and I went to the rehearsal and it came to that part and I had like a mic and I was singing and I said sloppy wet and everyone just stops, stops. and Abby and Benjamin look at me and they're like you can't do that it's unforeseen we can't do that I'm like okay we're singing sloppy wet like yeah I agree <laughs> what and so I but of course since I was like the new person I was like okay sounds good <laughs> and then I was like I'd joke with them and be like on uh, the actual worship set I'm gonna like well, say sloppy wet so like the original song, yeah, is "Sloppy Wet Kiss." Yes, like it's like, I are you sure? Yes, it is. It is. I it don't is. know. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. That's the came original. Out years. Later. I don't. Yeah, know. it did. I it have... all depends on what goes through your mind when you think of a sloppy wet kiss. You know, the real. I've said this many times, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep saying it until the people understand. Yes, they need to understand. It's <sighs> referring to a dog. It is this yeah. idea. That if you've ever had a dog in your life, mm-hmm. they don't have the same perception of time that that that. Well, humans... if I'm singing the song, how do I know it's supposed to be a but dog? It's and but dogs it's don't kiss; like, they lick. Well, that they call it kissing. But it's like your grandma when she gives you like like a kiss on the cheek when you're young, or she like grabs your cheek. She's like, "Oh, I love you so much," and then she yeah. like kisses you like. But like unforeseen, that's like unconsensual. Yes. you're not like you don't know that it's coming. Like sloppy wet's like. There's no, you don't know the pre, like the story up to that. You're, they're just singing about a sloppy wet kiss and it's yes. just a detailed kiss and there's nothing wrong with a kiss. So I don't no. understand why we can't sing about it because unforeseen just makes it so much worse. Yes, I completely agree. See, I don't think that when I say unforeseen kiss, I just think, oh, I, they you, kissed you're me. Surprised. Yeah, you see, they you're kissed really me and I'm surprised. And that's why, that's why is the right term to use. Uh-uh. At, uh, I, at but that. God isn't surprising. He doesn't show up and just magically like kiss us. Well, God surprises us all the time. Yeah, but not like that. We know that he loves us. It's not. Oh, it's the whole, that's the whole joy about God. I guess. I don't know. I don't want to get into it with, with, but like that. Realistically, I'm joking. Both are yes. fine. Realistically, if your church says one and you say the other, whatever. It's just, it just to me means so much more that I have learned like the idea of like mm-hmm. what that actually means. Because it's like, I am a manimal person. We've had dogs my whole life, yeah. and it's like, I would take the garbage out and I would be gone mm-hmm. two minutes, and my dog would give me the same exact welcome as if I was gone two weeks. Okay, yeah. And to me, that is what that represents it doesn't matter how long we've been away from god mm-hmm. and this is for everybody listening it doesn't matter how long you've been away he still greets you with the same love and affection as if you've been him with him your whole mm-hmm. life and that yeah. to me is like what the songs right because it's called how he loves yeah so it's like you know that's that's the idea so. yeah i could go on to the argument but i won't we'll do it we should do a whole podcast <laughs> just you and i debating that i think that'd be really funny um you gotta win. Logan. Who changed it? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, was it the original author that changed no, it? No, 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 no. 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 Are you sure? Yes. I'm You're just sure. saying these things no, because no, no. you heard I it on the internet. This once. I researched this once in Bible college because I wanted to make sure that I was correct in my thinking because I was on a search committee for a new dean of students. And Did I you to, talk directly to the person who wrote the song? I read an article that he wrote. Oh, well it. then. That I want. I want to talk directly to the okay. author we'll call of the him song up. We'll call him up. before we'll I know all these things. We will okay. get the right information and Fine. prove we our will. point. We will. Um, yeah. So another worship, because you're you're a very worshipful person. Mm-hmm. What what's like what 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 famous worship band is like your go to? You know, is it like I'm gonna I'm gonna guess because I have a feeling I can <laughs> guess it. Um, and I and I think it's just really funny. But like, are you a Maverick City? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I was gonna guess that. <laughs> yeah, I like Maverick City music. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but it's like I just I don't like how some of their songs are so long. But that's the best part. No. You don't have to switch songs. It just like, your whole car ride is one song. No, I don't like that. I do. I don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for that. <laughs> but I just and this is gonna sound so countercultural, being Pentecostal. But I don't like the spontaneity of some of their worship songs what? all the time. Like it's like it like if I'm listening to worship music, I want to know like the song and listen to it. But if I'm mm-hmm. experiencing worship, mm-hmm. then it's better. So that's why I love Maverick City music for live worship. Yeah. Because it leaves room for spontaneity and everything like that. But if I'm just listening to it on my walk, it's like or mm-hmm. whatever, and I'm doing that's it, fair. then I'm gonna listen to something that has like a beginning and yeah. end. But mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know. I like elevation. They're kind of my go to. Yeah, see, I, like I a little more grew energy. up on like Hillsong. Oh yeah, I did too. So Remember? like yeah. Oceans? Come on. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Young and Free. I don't remember any of their songs, but this is mm-hmm. Living, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's so many good ones. How um, oh, I'm blanking. What's the one? I can remember the logo, but I can't remember the song. Anyway, I saw them live once at Cover Temple in Winnipeg. Okay. And they, they hit, the stage director had to come out and be like, yeah, you guys can't jump anymore because, <laughs> like, the bi- they're concerned like the building is shifting that's how like hard we were jumping and stuff oh like, they were in the basement and they were like seeing like the floor and stuff and then yeah. we were like oh so that was really cool. yeah killjoys yeah how dare they yeah they specifically said too it's like especially you in the balcony oh no especially were- you in the curly hair okay <laughs> i bet i'm sure they said that oh yeah they yeah, called exactly. me out directly yeah, they knew your sure. name and everything yep um so What's been like your go-to one song lately? Everybody has that one song that's on repeat, like um, just like a very like. I have like two right now, okay, two. and it's because like they're on our set list for like this upcoming like Friday mm-hmm. worship. So like yeah. I try to like become, listen to them ahead of time. But it's like this song called "Simple Gospel." I don't know who it's by. Okay, I should I look. look it up. But it's it's by it's called "Simple Gospel," and it's just like it like I just when you listen to the words, it just talks about how simple the gospel is like it's kind of in the yeah. title and i just like i don't know it's softer i really like the beat and like the rhythms of it and like just that. how it flows and then the other one is my redeemer lives because we're seeing oh. it and i'm just like if i need like a good hype up song on like my way to work or something yeah, i'm like one. i'm that's on repeat like and as someone who just got spotify premium like really? two months ago i was like determined not to have it because everyone i knew had it and i was like i'm not gonna spend money on music when i could just like have it for free and like listen to a couple ads Fair. But my life has definitely, Hannah Sharp told me my life would massively improve with it, and she was correct. Yes. It it makes life so much easier. I can pick any song, press yeah. play, repeat it a million times, no ads. That's fair. Yeah. You want a break from the ads? Um, yes. <laughs> I like, that's cool, because My Redeemer is such a good song. Mm-hmm. And like, we talked about this at our staff meeting, but I was so sad our worship professor didn't play that on Easter. 
Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Did it, Glenn did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. But it's like, come on. That's like one of the Easter staples, <laughs> you know? And it's like so fun and like high energy and everything like mm-hmm. that. I love that. I don't know. I've had Holy Forever as just like the go-to. Oh, yeah. like. We're seeing that this Sunday, I'm pretty sure. I think, yeah, yeah. I uh-huh. looked at the set list. It's like, I'm, I just love that song. I love it. And then yeah. there's, if I'm looking for like a pump-up song, because like mm-hmm. Holy Forever is like slow and like yeah. methodical. That's the one that gets you in the feels, you know? Um, if I'm looking for a pump up song, I've talked about it lots on the podcast. It's called Army of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's like so cool. It's like, you know, it's the drummer and singer from Skillet leading mm-hmm. worship. And it's yeah. so cool. You got this like girl with like purple hair. And okay. then she's like, just like got this like cool, like rock voice. And she's like worshiping stuff. It's so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Pastor Mike, do you have like a, oh, I, I can't remember the title of it. That's why as you guys are talking, I'm thinking he's going to ask me <laughs> and I can't remember the title of it. What does that say about me? Really? I don't know. <laughs> you probably listen to a lot of worship. By the yeah. time, yeah, I do. But by the time, by the time the podcast is over, I'm going to shout it out. That's fine. I'll put it <laughs> in the comments. There you yeah. go. Yeah, if you tell me when it's done, um, I just have to ask. This is the last. This is probably one of the last questions. Okay. You know, when are we doing the roast of Ben? Oh. When are we doing that? Because <laughs> like, I think it's actually like a really funny idea. We. Also, quick plug, if anyone listening is interested in joining a Roasting Benjamin committee, we're getting a group together yes. to, um, I know Michael Gole's on board. Oh, yeah, of course. Logan Priest, David Paddock. I'll be there. They're all ready. So if you're interested. Oh, Hannah. Hannah will have to Oh, be Hannah there. sure has to come. Tequila? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole group. We got to wrangle her in, though. <laughs> but um, if you don't know those people, that's okay. But if you're somebody that wants to be part of that, definitely now, let us know. And just to clarify... <laughs> We're doing this in love. It's not like yep. we're, Ben is like one of the most like trusted like leaders and yeah. people around here. He's loved and cared for. He's one of my youth leaders. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, but like, and he would take it in <laughs> loving stride. Like he would, we wouldn't do it to anybody else but him because he'll sit up there and just laugh. Yeah. And here's the thing. He'll do it back. Yeah, he will. Like, that's the cool thing about it. So it's like, I half wonder like when he gets back, we could do it as like a youth fundraiser or something. A youth fundraiser? <laughs> That'd yes. be pretty funny. Um, oh my goodness! We might Absolutely. we might release that on YouTube or something like that. Yep. We'll do like a live stream of the mm-hmm. roast of Benjamin Paddock or something like that. Um, uh, I say that I'm I'm half joking, but I'm really I'm actually kind of serious too because it's like <laughs> I think he would really enjoy it. Truthfully, I actually think yeah. he would. He'd if enjoy like, being roasted for like hours on end. Would you have a meal with it? Yeah, maybe. maybe. We could have like a roast beef dinner because it's like a roast. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We just roast it. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere, th- somewhere workshopping still. We're workshopping it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, forgiving listeners, keep an eye out for that. Cause like, you know, Absolutely. Ben was actually on Deuce. You guys have probably heard him talk, you mm-hmm. know? And we t- talked about serving a lot and stuff. And that was like a really... He's the one... It, for those of you who are listening who don't know who he is, he's the one who slept in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at camp yes. and stuff. So we could, you know, we can... That's a really funny story. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to it. That's Why Do You Serve Part 2. I got to give that a quick plug. Quick plug. Um, well, thank you so much, Allison, for coming on. This was actually, like, really fun. And I think really informative, actually. I think we were able to talk a lot about mm-hmm. good steps for, like, university and stuff like yeah. that. And even just everything that we talked about in terms of, like, university is actually applicable to just life in general. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. So if you're listening to this and you're not a university student, take what we I mean just apply it to your life, mm-hmm. right? You know, whether it's starting a new job. Yep. Full send. Do it at 110%. Yeah actually give it your all you know take time get a good rhythm you mm-hmm. know apply yourself all of those things are really really important so um yeah, and i've always found that that when we have the podcast we are surprised by 
the people who are listening and mm-hmm. how they are impacted. Yeah. And I'm always aware of the fact that some people might be listening and are at a point where they may, may want to be asking some questions or mm-hmm. wanting to know a little bit more. And for those who are listening, who are in that stage, we do have an email that mm-hmm. you subscribe to, and that is forgiven at BethelBrandon.ca. Yeah. So we want to try and be able to serve the best way we can. Uh, to anyone who is here whatever age you are at we want to try and do whatever we can to help you to grow in your in your faith mm-hmm. yeah um that's that thank you guys for listening um this will be on youtube and stuff so make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel yeah. and everything um hit the share button on spotify mm-hmm. everything like that um that sounds so corny and i hate <laughs> i hate sounding like one of those typical like you, you youtubers and stuff like that yeah. but it's like Really, just hit the share button. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't subscribe, just share the episode around. Yeah. Like, realistically, the numbers don't mean a whole lot to us. We care more about just more people listening. Mm-hmm. So, hit the share button, share it around. Especially you, Allison, now that you're a guest on it and everything yes, like that. I'll put it on all you the social media. It. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you plug go. it in everything yeah. like that. I'll do it too. I'll even share it on the youth one. So, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's really good. So, anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, Thanks, everyone. This yes, is a great you. episode. Um, you know what? Allison, why don't you send us out? Any last words? Anything you want to say? We're Any last words? Any last words? Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks.